Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Podcast number 187. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around. Bang. Not really sure where you ended up. So spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Unfortunately, we're still in that COVID quarantine. So we are in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. This is the uh, Man Up No Church Answers Tour. And consider man up a spiritual oasis for men we're not pastors we're just regular guys and each of us are on our own spiritual journey we feel all men are leaders leaders of your families leaders at work leaders in your church and community but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged and that's why we're here so whether you found us on facebook or soundcloud where we archive all of our podcasts apple podcasts our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com. We're glad that you're joining us. You know, the thing about it is, um, I feel that being a leader, even of the smallest groups, gives you something to live up to. People are watching you, judging you, depending on you. And leadership is really an opportunity for men. And as with all things, God speaks to us in many different ways. And uh, maybe for you, it's uh, through a sermon or or maybe it's uh, through sunset nature or music or friends or films or yes, even this podcast. And so what we do here is a little bit different uh, than most places. Uh, we... <clears throat> have a panel of great guys and we introduce them not only by what they do but also their interests so as you listen to the discussion that we have you may identify with one of them more than the other depending on what your own particular personality is we go over a abf or adult bible fellowship uh or sunday school lesson and uh we had first of all we do a brief overview and then we dive into it deeper, kind of unpeeling it like an onion and uh, kind of updating it and putting a man's spin on it. And uh, we are currently in the Connect 360. It is uh, pure joy, uh, a choice to rejoice. And we use uh, many different publications, but this is from the Baptist Way Press. Uh and it's excellent. And we're just getting started uh, in this particular study. And without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel that we have tonight. He's a world-class policy writer, a uh, bit of a professional gambler, and our producer. That's Mr. Steve Titch. Hi, Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, hey. Good to have you. And an attorney and a prosecutor, so he could uh, defend you or throw the book at you. We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Hey, Mike. Thank you, Bill. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, and insurance broker and deacon. Uh, he's a coon ass, but we still like him and let him in. Uh, Kyle Trahan. 
All right, Kyle. Mr. King, and my name is Bill Cox, and I'm basically a sales type, uh, and uh, they call me the director. So without any further ado, I'm going to go and uh, just go around the room and get a brief overview of this particular lesson number 187, and we're in Philippians, and start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, thanks, Bill. Uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 19, and this is why I'm glad we do man up. The church answer to adversity sometimes is a very passive, well, God's in charge, or God has a plan, and God, you know, has you right where he wants you. Yeah, I hear that a lot when people are sharing in discipleship groups or, or Bible studies, people are sharing hardships or, or <laughs> adversity. And sometimes you know, they're nice sentiments, they're nice things to say. Sometimes you can't think of anything to, to, else to say, but it's not the example Paul sets. And, and I think this is something men in, intuitively get. And sometimes I think the church shies away from it, but as men, we lean into adversity. The best men seek to be tested, and they are at their best when being tested. Facing adversity shapes character. Even when it gets the better of us, we come away enriched by the experience. You know, years ago, I once read that a high percentage of Fortune 100 CEOs at some point in their career were fired. And we have Paul writing here that despite being in prison, despite being persecuted, he chooses to re rejoice. He says this, I choose to rejoice. And then he gives his reasons. And this is a potent message for men who sometimes are a little bit afraid of embracing Christianity because they see it as a passive surrender to of their agency. I mean, we talk about surrender to the Holy Spirit, but we, but but sometimes it's misinterpreted as a sur complete surrender of your agency and power to choose to the winds of fate. Excellent, Kyle Trahan. I guess the old adage was, you know, the two things assured in life are death and taxes, and I took a different stance a few years ago of death, taxes, and troubled times. You know, sometimes that trouble is paying your taxes, but, you know, that's a whole another story. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, uh, the other part of this uh, lesson, I think, to me, is uh, trying to find the good in the difficult times. You know, because sometimes, uh, well, as I mentioned, it's going to be troubled times. And sometimes it's difficult to find the meaning in it which makes it difficult finding the good in it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill. I, 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 you guys know I, I sometimes write out my uh, podcast intro, intros, and I just change it because uh, Steve brought something up. Um, again, the, and, and Bill, actually, you brought up uh, Choice to Rejoice. The name of the lesson is Choice to Rejoice, which infers and, and really does state you have a choice. And you have a choice whether or not you're going to rejoice or whether or not you're going to pout or you're, you're, you're going to get frustrated and lose heart. And, and as men up, you guys stated, I think, Stephen, you both stated that, that this is really a man up lesson today. Uh, folks, we, we as men suffer hardships. 
Sometimes we get laid off our job. Many times I did because I was a carpenter as a subcontractor. Sometimes our spouse or our children get sick. Our children struggle in school or they fail or our car breaks down and needs an expensive repair. Sometimes our house needs a new roof or our washer goes out and we need a new washer or our commode stops up, worse, worse of all. But the question is, the, the author brings up a point he gets from, uh, Rock, from Rocky, the book, uh, the movie Rocky, Rocky Three. He says, do we keep the eye on the tiger? Do we keep our focus on what's most important and running our race for Christ? And I think that's a, a great, great, great line to get started with. So, Bill, I'm going to go back to you. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just read the scripture. This is Philippians 1, 12 through 19. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. You know what kind of struck me about this particular lesson is how many times in life um, we, we focus on, um, defeat. It, it's almost as if we're preoccupied with defeat so much that if plan A doesn't work, we'll have plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, we'll go to plan C. But what if plan A does work? I, I, I have never heard anybody say, no, I have a plan A. And then when that works, I have a plan double A. And then I have a, once that works, I have a triple A. People plan to fail so much that it's almost as if they have their failure planned out more than their success planned out. I just, as after I read that lesson, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there uh, for you guys. That, that's know, a super, okay, that's a super observation. Go, but go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, you know Murphy's Law, right? That's all I was going to say, Steve. Go ahead. But no, no, you, you've got, you've got, uh, people seem sometimes to be too risk averse. They're, they're waiting for failure to happen. What you're saying, Bill, is so antithetical to modern thinking. Um, to when it comes to project proposals, right? you're always thinking, oh, you know, what, you know, if it doesn't, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to study law, but I'm going to back up in this because if that doesn't work out, I want to do that. And right. there's, once there's, I fail at this, I'll do this. <laughs> there's, now there's prudence and there's, you know, a certain degree of hedging, but you know, you can't, you can't 
yeah, I think at a certain point it saps your confidence if you're constantly got something in the back of your head telling you, well, you know, you got plan B, you got plan B, time to turn to plan B. And you know what, Van Morrison, I'm sure most of you guys uh, know him. He's a uh, Irish singer songwriter. One of the names of uh, the album, an album has uh, a title of No Plan B was is one, <laughs> is right? one of the titles of his albums. Yeah, No Plan B. And I think the, the big challenge that men have as far as uh, choosing joy is the fact that they're not used to failing. We focus on trying to succeed so hard that when we almost get analyst paralysis. We overanalyze a situation and how we're going to attack it. When I think as men, if we realized the struggle is the path, the, the struggle that you have, that's the path the Lord has put out for you to take, to go right through the struggle. And, and I learned that firsthand through these hip surgeries that I went through this summer. Patience has always been a huge deal with me, not having any, but being homebound, man, I had to find some. <laughs> that, that was my struggle, but that was my path. I couldn't, I couldn't avoid it, you know? Uh, and and as, as men, I think we find ourselves when we take our struggle and we confront it, we find our purpose. And that's kind of just kind of what I got from, uh, from this particular lesson. Well, we do, we do run into struggles all the time. And, and I guess the sooner you realize it, I thought whenever I came to Christ or started believing and trusting and walking with the Lord, I thought everything was going to be easy. I thought, Oh, here's a, or at least it's going to be a focus that's going to make things easier for me. It doesn't make things easier, but it gives me a, a hope in everything that's coming and every every place we're going. And like right. you said, if, if you focus on on Christ and th then you have you can have the joy within you in spite of what's going on around you. But it's a, it's also a learning experience. And you mentioned that, too. You said right. when you were in the hospital, you were learning. You learned a lot about that. And, and, and I, I wish some of the things that we learn as Christians we could learn them immediately when we just start reading the Bible and praying. And, and we don't, though. It takes time. For instance, faith comes with, with time and practice, like you just said. So when you exercise your faith muscle, as you, as you and Steve and Robert have brought up so often, when you exercise that faith muscle, it gets stronger. And the more you exercise it uh, and the more you use it, the stronger you get which in this case will help us find joy in our lives if we can put our trust in Christ and have the faith that he is leading us in everything that happens to us, especially the hardships, which you just mentioned. Hearing, hearing what you had said there, Mike, you know, the tough times do, uh, do actually make get a little bit easier in a sense because it makes the future tough times uh, a little bit easier because you've already been through some of the tough. Yeah. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We will be right back. 
You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact ManUp at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 187. We have an open door policy. And look who wandered in the open door. Yay, we Robert. call him the Professor Robert Koshu. Welcome, Robert. And uh, just want to go ahead and we've already uh, read the scripture. But if you wanted to give your overview, I'd like to invite you to chime in of this particular lesson, Challenge Adversity. All right. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's anytime you're adversity, what you do from there affects everything from that point forward. And I, where I'll go with, because I kind of got an idea where you guys were headed based on conversations, um, having that positive attitude drives your ability to stay on purpose as a man. And so making the choice you know, to be joyful and to have the attitude, let your purpose fixate on itself because it lets you fix on your purpose and stay with that purpose as you move forward. That's why we let them come in late. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't want to to follow that answer. (laughs) I have more on purpose. We'll keep going. (laughs) Hey, Bill, you know, the, um, one of the things that I had a struggle with, maybe none of you had struggled with it, but, but I, I struggled at, at first when I was learning faith and, and learned to walk and trust the Lord, uh, it was, it was believing that God created me as I am. And I am special to him as I am. I, I, I am who I am, who he created me to be. And I should be proud of that. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and if you can accept that, it helps you find more faith in serving the Lord and helping you believe that you can get through the struggles and the hardships. I think a big thing about men, though, is that we try too hard to avoid hardships rather than just acknowledge them, accept them and figure it out and go through it. I can't tell you how much time I've wasted in my vehicle when I had a job or something that I was going to practicing the argument I was going to get in with <laughs> the contractor <laughs> or the client Overcoming or the, the objective. Oh my goodness. <laughs> practicing. And, and, you know, and the thing about it is, and then when I get there, it doesn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like I, I wasted my whole trip preparing and sweating, you know, thinking that everything was going bad, going to go bad. And how much time that I focused on that darkness rather than I just should have just walked there with a blank slate. And if they brought up something bad, act like I, su- I was surprised by it. Oh, really? I didn't. I had no idea. 
That's the plan B thing you were talking about earlier. We, we always plan on a, a contingency, plan B, plan C, whatever. And that's that same thing that you're, you're talking about right there. You were planning for the, the, the bad outcome and right. instead of anticipating the good outcome, whether it comes or not, is irrelevant. But planning for the good versus preparing for the bad. And I can't tell you, I mean, and, and now that I, that I'm older and, you know, and we are, I've had, I've heard so many people say, um, why me? Why me? And then I've been sitting in the hospital uh, during the summer and you know what? I'm thinking, why not me? You, you know, <laughs> I'm not that, I'm not that great. And, you know, I had some issues come up and you know what? I'm going to deal with them. I'm not going to worry about why it happened to me. You know, I mean, th those, those are worries that you'll never have an answer for. You know, that's, that's exactly what Paul is doing here. Uh, and and this, this can really continue throughout the letter, but he really focuses it on here. He, this wasn't his plan. He didn't, he didn't plan to be in jail or under house arrest. We're not exactly sure where he is. He's either in prison or stuck at home under guard. And, and he has all sorts of plans. He's, he wants to go to Spain. He wants to go west. Uh, he wants to be planting more churches. I'm sure that's what he envisioned himself doing. But here he is stuck uh, in, for all practical purposes, in jail. And what is he doing? Well, there are some guards over there. I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. Right. And he's, he's, he's in jail and he's subverting the authorities anyway. <laughs> By spreading the word to his jailers, uh, he's um, he's still communicating with his other churches, like here the, the the Philippians, and just taking so much joy in what they're doing. He's he's taking the circumstances he has, and I don't. I think he's even doing more than quote unquote making the best of it. He is transforming it. He is. He is dealing with this problem on his terms. If you're going to put me in jail, fine, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Until you and, kill me or anything else. And yes, and ultimately, yeah, he, and ultimately, I know he does another term in jail. We can, you can follow life of Paul and is believed to have been martyred. But nonetheless, he is, he is there making the most and not really worried his, about his circumstances. He's not, I mean, obviously, he clearly would like to go visit Phil. I mean, his heart goes out to him, but he's not, uh, he's not sitting there going, like you said, why me? It's, you know, why not me? What can I do here? Yeah. And, well, and that's, that's the, I'm talking about the active aspect. It's not, well, he's not sitting there passively waiting for the gates to open. Um, as they've done in the past. He's not assuming that's going to happen. Well, and, and it goes to something we talk about all the time. He starts out in verse 12, and I know you guys read it, but no, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to what we talk about spoke in the wheel. You don't know where in the story you are at any point, but you're there and for that. And you have we have to remember that our testimony, and our testimony is the sum of our life experiences at any given moment. Our testimony is not for us. Our testimony is for other people 
for us to share the gospel and to share our experiences with them to point them towards Christ. And so Paul takes that to the nth degree, like Steve said, he, he takes it completely to the other way because he's taking that situation and he's looking at it and saying, okay, how can, first of all, I've got to have a good attitude as I'm going through it. And, and I'm just, I'm going to kind of stay with that for a moment because I talked about it earlier, but having that positive attitude, you know, is so, so important. Bill, I know you went through surgery last year, two surgeries last year that were significant surgeries. Steve, you had um, a couple of years ago, a fairly serious incident happened to you. Kyle, Mm -hmm. you had one. January last year. Last year, about this time. And then I had this whole little thing with my house. Mike, I think you're the lucky one so far. <laughs> but 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 if you think back to years, yeah. yeah, but if you think back to your experiences, <clears throat> different things that you were going through, how big a part of it was your attitude as you did it and maintaining that positive attitude. And that's one thing here as we're looking at Paul, he's taken, you know, what could be a pretty bad situation. You know, he's in jail, <laughs> literally mm-hmm. in jail. Now, he, he somehow managed to get this to house arrest. And, and my opinion is I think Paul always managed to get to the house arrest part. I think in one of his Roman imprisonments, he basically was chained to a centurion that he could go anywhere he wanted to. You know, as long as that centurion was changed to him. I think it was because Paul had such a good attitude and he was a model prisoner. Um, Matter of fact, the Philippian story about jail that we talked about earlier, that the story is in Acts, but it happened here in Philippi, you know, where earthquake hits, jail doors open. And the jailer's going to kill himself. Wait, 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 we're all still here. No one's escaped yet. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Now, he ends up being such a model prisoner with the right attitude that he gets those extra freedoms. And you know darn well if the centurions weren't believers in Rome, because you know it wasn't the same centurion. They probably had it like on a six to eight hour shift. Either they were all volunteering for it because they wanted to hang out with Paul, or the ones who didn't want to do it were drawing lots. Okay, who's going to be the victim to have to go get chained to Paul and sit and listen to him about that <laughs> Jesus guy <laughs> for six hours? You know, it was one of the two for sure with it. But how he took those circumstances and turned it into with a positive attitude, I think, is what's really, really important here. I think the the difference the difference between Paul and the modern man is this failure or plans that are going against us we internalize the problem modern man does whereas Paul in this situation let people know what his problem and his issue was and that opens up your resources to who can help you to who can give you wise counsel can give you something uh to hope for and i think that's one thing about um society that we have now um with social media is that 
the only thing you see is people with their fabulous food, their fabulous wife on a fabulous vacation, their great life. They don't post their eviction notice, uh, their, oh. the fact that their car got repoed. They're not um, posting the bowl of cereal they poured. They're posting right. the gourmet meal they fixed. That, that's a fact. That's a fact. And and I and I think it, it's making it worse uh, for uh, the modern man. Oh, I would totally agree with that. We we talked a little bit, and I've thrown it out once or twice. But in 2020, deaths by despair, which is suicide, alcoholism. And drug abuse. So any death related to those three things increased by over 60% last year in 2020. Why did that happen? We were all quarantined at home. Right. You were feeling either you weren't adequate because you're not see, you know, there were the there were the quote unquote super people in quarantine who, well, now I'm making my own bread and I've made my sourdough starter, you know, and at the same time, I've gone out and I've remodeled my garage and, you know, and, there and I lost some, 20 pounds. Yeah, I lost 20 pounds. There were some of us that gained 20 pounds, right, right. looked at the garage and said, oh, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time said, I'm doing good just to cook a meal and get up and shower and shave <laughs> at this point. Right. You know, well, and, yeah, so and then there's you know, there Go were ahead. people who were also had had jobs. I mean, this, 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 um, and I'm not saying, and, and, and I'm not going to lie. Um, my wife and I are among those are among those who can, who really was no difference. We work at home anyway, but uh, there are those, it, it really exposed a, a, the, the, the really the, almost the two tiers now in employment, there are there are professionals who literally can work anywhere, and they're the people who serve them. They're the Starbucks, uh-huh. the people, the the the, the service industry, uh, and 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 that the people in the service industry are the ones who are really hurting. And in many ways, I think they feel completely ignored. And the attitude, especially among some of the higher end professionals has been, oh, great, I got mine. Well, and, 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 and I think that's where having the, the attitude comes into play because it's having the attitude, but having the empathy, as Steve said, like, like you, Steve, for my wife and I, the hardest part we had was, is we had to figure out how to set up a second office. You know, we, we've always had one office in our house, but we had to set up a second office that the other one could work at. Other than that, that's been our only change. But by the same yes. token, I'll, I'll tell you this: both my kids lost their jobs during this whole time. Right. You know. But failure, or or ad, not necessarily failure, adversity, um, gives you real opportunity. Um, as a salesman, when I'm successful and I'm going along with and, and making sales and the deals are all coming through and there's no problems, all I do is little tweaks. Oh, have a new product line that I'm going to introduce, just little tweaks, but it's basically my life is just the same. It's on autopilot. But the times of adversity 
a person really confronts the essence of themselves and what really is holding them back. And for me going through the surgeries, what was holding me back was recovery. What was making my recovery unbearable was me, was my impatience and my inability to just deal with recovering. And so instead of tweaking a sales deal to go on to the next one, I actually had to have experience real personal growth that I, I would normally totally ignore anyway. I, I, I don't want to learn how to become more patient. I don't, I don't know if you guys know this. I, I could care less. I, I don't, I don't want to be patient. I, I'm so old, well, man. Actually, I'm, I'm not going to give, see? I'm not going to give too much away, but it was kind of the first, first time around where you had the consequences of that impatience. No um, question about it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the, the, and that's the whole deal. And now, I mean, and then I had, I was forced and adversity forces you to have real growth and and a, a man especially needs to take that opportunity and, and do it. And, and I, I think, I mean, and Paul, I'm sure he had some challenges in times, but he set a fine example here on how to handle this adversity. Well, Bill, I got a question for you. Robert talked about this and, and, and the author goes into this stating very clearly, our testimony of facing problems is not our own. It's for the benefit of other people. And we don't realize that we may grow from it. We may, uh, we may grow in our faith from it, but our, our testimony during hardship times and through hardship times is for the benefit of everybody else. So I want to know, what you would tell everybody, what advice you would give everybody that you that you learned from your stay in the hospital two different times and very, very difficult times. Do what you're told, I think, I think would be the would the be the first thing um, that I would say. And the other thing is, uh, don't be a deer, be a duck. Uh, when you get, when you get, when you get put in the cage, a deer will beat itself to death. A duck will sit there and wait till the cage doors open before he comes out. And there's times in life that you can't push it. And so just be a duck. And with that, be patient. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is man up podcast 187. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. We're uh, finishing up. Uh, This is podcast number 187. This is the second lesson from the book on Philippians. And this is a choice to rejoice or 
challenge adversity and open the floor up some more discussion. I did want to touch on something because it's interesting. In in some of his others of his other letters, Paul has some pretty strong words for false teachers, uh, or for uh, as in Galatians, the the whole idea of the Judaizers, the idea that you had to be uh, following the Jewish law before you could be a Christian. Here, however, and it's really to be fair, it's not in the context of false teaching. It's more is to who what's what's motivating you to teach or preach. And he seems to be rather laid back about uh, rivals or others who preach Christ from, quote, envy and rivalry. He says some do it from goodwill, but uh, out of love. Uh, but others uh, do it through selfish ambition. And he kind of says, well, that's okay, because one way or another, Christ is proclaimed. And it's a to me it's a it's 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 a bit of an interesting, well interesting interesting opinion interesting perspective. Because I kind of he's kind of asking you to look at you know a rival you work with or you know or someone you may not get along with but you're you're both on the same team in a way. And uh, you know are you are you doing do I put my personal feelings aside. And as long as the objective's happening, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Like, cause I'm not going to get too wound up about it. Like you were saying before, I won't be, you know, in the car readying my argument. My grandpa used to say, don't worry about the bedding in your neighbor's barn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and that made, always made a lot of sense to me. Uh, everybody has their circle of influence. Kyle runs around with little higher dollar circle of influences than I do because they all wear a tie and I don't button my shirt. That's not but, even close to being it. I wear the tie no matter what house I'm walking into. And to be honest, most of my clientele are on the lower bottom of the income scale. Right. I do the tie just for fun. Yeah. And to irritate us, <laughs> so <laughs> but 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 the thing about it is everybody has their own circle that they a circle of influence, and the people that look at you and and, and I think that that's a big thing. And and Paul was uh, ahead of his time uh, as far as that goes by not wanting uh, comparison. And you, and you know you save yourself a lot of grief if you uh, if you can ignore it. I think Steve brought up the, uh, the the point about the gospel being preached with the wrong attitude, right? And and that's one of the things that that's in the scripture here, verse eighteen or whatever. Paul states that it doesn't matter as long as it's being preached. It, well, that that comes by faith again because. I've run into testimony and I've run into people who have, who have uh, in fact, accepted Christ when they were taught the word of God or they were taught or heard preaching by people who were later proved to be false teachers. So I, I guess that's where our faith comes in. And what we do sometimes uh, when the word is spread, we trust that the Holy Spirit will be behind it. And, and in our testimony, 
sometimes I've said things uh, in the past when I was learning to follow Christ that, that were contrary to Scripture. I didn't know it, but it helped or benefited somebody. So sometimes we will say things and, and, and we, we want the Holy Spirit to guide us in what we say and we want to be a blessing to others. But uh, it's, it's necessary to trust that the Holy Spirit will use what we say to, to benefit him and to benefit Christ and, his, and, and lead people to salvation. Well, excellent. We're going to come down. We're coming down to the end of uh, this particular podcast, number 187. Going to go around the room one more time and get some final thoughts and uh, takeaways on this particular lesson and start with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, like I would say, um, adversity is part of life. Uh, there's no no assurance in the Bible that becoming a Christian somehow makes everything better. The, the rough places straight is not referring to your life. <laughs> Once you become a Christian, it becomes, it is, it, is, it is a metaphor for God's and Christ's transformation of the world. But you have a lot of control over how you react to things. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to, face things first of all by yourself uh you can gain some perspective about it and at the end of the day you can find yourself dealing proactively and correctly and healthily with that situation one way or another and like you said sometimes it's a sometimes it's a matter of sitting and waiting like the duck sometimes there's a little more activity called for. Sometimes you do have to, I think, bang against the cage because sometimes that cage opens with, uh, with, some, with some resistance. Uh, that power comes through, through God and, and we are to work in partnership with that just the way Paul did. And Paul, is, it's a great example here. He's, he's, he's got the hand he's dealt. He's going to play it and he's going to play it superbly. Excellent. Michael Cropper, uh, take away from this particular lesson from you. Uh, yeah, very short. Uh, practical application, we as men, we, we should realize our life is a package of full of many, many details. And the details will include hardships and joyful events. And both of them are absolutely necessary when we serve the Lord. So if, you're, if you struggle, if you uh, have hardships, Encourage yourself. Speak to yourself if you need to. I had to. You may not need to, but I, I had to. I had to say from time to time, and I still say from time to time, God will help me. The Lord will help me. The Lord will see me through. I have to remind myself, and I say this out loud, that I'm trusting God in my circumstances. And then I tell others, you know what? God will help me through this. So I, I literally have to say it out loud. That's my practical application. And then I speak to the future. You know what? I will, I will trust God through whatever circumstances I will face. And uh, then finally, if I'm joyful, I'm to share that with other Christians. And I'm to share how he blessed me so that they may be blessed also. Okay, Bill? Excellent. Uh, Professor, a couple of takeaways from you. Yeah, so I started out by talking about positive attitude and having how... Having that attitude drives 
our ability to stay on purpose, which for a man is huge because when men have purpose, it motivates us. It helps us keep our priorities straight. It develops our potential and it gives us power to live in the present and helps Mm -hmm. us evaluate our progress. And we can only really do that if we maintain a positive attitude as we're moving forward. And so I think one of the big lessons here is to always take the circumstance and situation you're in and find a way to stay positive about it. And it's hard. And and I'm like Steve, I think social media has made that even harder because you're always wanting to try to compare yourself to someone else. And so it becomes right. even harder to maintain that positive attitude. But I think it's very key for us to do that so that we can maintain our purpose. Excellent. Kyle Trahan, take away from you. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that Bill realized that the spoke in the wheel movement is catching on. It's being referenced <laughs> by people other than just you. So, you know, awesome. it's your movement now, the spoke in the wheel, you never right. know. Who you are. Um, you know, the difficult times do make us tougher, make us stronger, make us able to get through the next time. Um, Hopefully we learn from the tough times and certainly our mistakes that we make within them. Um, Finding that joy is definitely, I, I think sometimes very, very difficult. You know, when you're in the midst of a trial or a tribulation or, or just a difficult time, however you want to look at that, finding that joy and being able to say, God is on my side. God will help me through it. And of course, that prayer is, God, please help me get through it. But the one thing I think is always toughest for me to realize, in the moment anyway, it can always be worse. There's always someone that you may not know, you may not see, that is having a tougher time than you are. You know, uh, a friend was having troubles with his legs. Um, Well, we said, well, at least you still have yours because I've got a friend that's a recent WL amputee. I think most of you know him, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Uh and so it's like, well, it can be worse, but, but it hurts, but okay, but you may not have anything to hurt. Until we get to the end, I think uh, it, it will always be that way. And when we do get to the end and we're, we are finally dead and go to heaven, well, hey, we've reached the promised land. So the times will only get better from there. Right. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is podcast number 187. I just wanted to add uh, uh, just a couple of things real quick. Uh, You know, changing your attitude about something is the easiest way to change the situation. doesn't change the actual facts of the matter, but it just changes the way that you're looking at them. And next time that you're making a plan, Instead of making a, a, B, and C plan, planning for failure, just for the heck of it, plan A, plan double A, plan triple A when A and double A make it, and just see where you can go with it. It might just, it might just cheer you up. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. And on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, the judge, Robert Koshu, the professor, Kyle Trahan, the deacon. My name is Bill Cox. And we will be on video uh, coming soon. And we'll, so we'll be uh, promoting that uh, before that happens. And we're on this No Church Answers tour. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Pray.com. Uh, thanks so much. And if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page, which is uh, Man-Up, or our website, Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com, and post it there. And if you're still in quarantine and are unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a Baptist service at SugarlandBaptist.org. Starts Sunday mornings at 9.45. And when quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like we have here. And find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.